Welcome to Faith Rising, a podcast about living with bold faith in the modern age. On this episode, Daniel and Amber interview Josie Barilla on the subject of sexual identity. Hey, we want to welcome you to Faith Rising, and we want to thank you for watching some of our um, other shows. You know, I've gotten some testimonies from people from the last one that we recorded that they were able to watch um, this with their children as a family to open up some discussions. And so that's what we're really hoping for as we do um, this very special show today. We have a very special guest, Josie, and we're going to be asking her about some things that she's gone through in her life, um, how she met Jesus, how she got saved, and how she went through a massive, massive transformation. This is going to be a really, really special show that we encourage you to watch with your teenagers, with your older kids, and as a family to talk about what's going on in the world today. As Amber and I have talked about it, and recently uh, a lot of issues have come up in this generation and uh, with our kids as we're raising our children now. We've mm-hmm. got a daughter who just turned 13 years old, and a lot of the different challenges uh, that are f- they're faced with at their age are different today than they were for us when we were younger, and uh, that's something we really want to address, and we're so encouraged to have Josie with us today because she has a really powerful testimony uh, that really, I believe, will speak to this generation and to a lot of the things that are going on now. And And uh, Amber and I lived in Israel for 10 years, so we've been away from the United States for a period of time. And uh, when we came back, some of the things that we've seen that have changed in our culture and the challenges that have arisen at younger and younger ages... um, are something that we didn't really expect, and um, we were having to get used to that and, and uh, raise our kids in that atmosphere. Yeah. So. Well, we just want to start by saying the devil is the author of confusion, and when you when you lose absolutes today, we're at, we're going to hit on some of the things that are going on in our culture right now, like gender, um, all of the different gender confusion, all of the different you know now if you look out um, just in the with the world is saying right now, they're saying there are, I don't know, hundreds of genders now. I can't keep up. It keeps changing. Um, and we were, our kids are homeschooled, and we realize that they're hearing this a lot too. And um, so we just really wanted to talk to Josie. And first, the first thing I think we want to ask you is, how did you come to know the Lord? I was actually nine years old when I mm-hmm. gave my life to the Lord for the yeah. first time. Um, I was with the neighbors that lived couple doors down from us and I started going to church with them and actually begged my mom my brother and my sister to come to church with me for months before they actually did mm-hmm. and they actually ended up all coming to the Lord and then it was two about two years later the church we went to closed down and we all kind of just went back to the world yeah and that's when the enemy snuck in with the confusion with my identity yeah so what what was the first step to um, tell us about the confused confusion with your identity well, in sixth grade, so about thir- 12, 13 years old, was when I actually had my first encounter with a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then felt le- or attracted more to girls than I did boys. Um, and then they kids in school found out about it, and they wrote, you're gay in my yearbook. Mm-hmm. So I thought at that time I was hiding who I was. And it wasn't until I was 18 that I actually came out as a lesbian mm-hmm. and had my first relationship with a woman. And so... Um, what led to you realizing that you didn't want to go down that road anymore? Ooh, that wasn't until about just a couple years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and just chasing the Lord and wanting more of his goodness, more of his mercy. Mm-hmm. And 
following more, yeah, more of him, more of his goodness. And he's took that desire completely away. I have no desire to be with anybody. Yeah. At one point he told me I wasn't meant for man nor woman. So that's what I've been running with and until so he tells me different. That would be called the gift of celibacy yes. in the Bible. Yeah. I know that a lot of kid, times kids now they're trying, they, they're saying that this means, um, they have a word for it, something sexual. And I told my daughter, I said, you know, what this really is, is the, the gift of, of celibacy. And um, some people, a few people, but some people do have it. And um, Daniel, do you have anything that you want to ask? Yeah. Um, during that process in your life, um, when you got saved and you had gone to church for a period of time, and then uh, what, what happened that caused you and your family to take a step back from the, the church at the time? It was just, I guess, finding a church that because we actually found another church Mount Zion and we went to that for a little bit but I think that church closed down as well and then my so the mom, church literally just closed down yes both of them that yeah we went to actually closed down and then my mom being a single mom of three mm. and it's just I guess finding the time and just going back into the world well so um, when you did go back into the world and you started down that path with uh, same-sex attraction and, and ended up going uh, into drugs and different things how did your family react to that what were the challenges and uh, the reaction that your family had uh, when I started using um, I actually pulled away from my family so I didn't want to be around them and I actually lost relationships because of that mm. um, and most of my 20s were a blur so just now starting to rebuild those relationships with my family my brother and my sister my mom was always in my life she always supported me she didn't agree with my lifestyle but she loved me because I was her daughter mm. so she stood by my side through everything pretty much yeah I would say that that is really important with families who are going through this um, that love is definitely the answer. Yes. The main thing I really want to know, and I want to know how you've seen it progress, because, you know, we've just, we see now with Disney, with all these cartoons, it's really, really targeting um, children to, to make them not know if they're a boy or a girl. And in the school system, they're, they're wanting to teach, you know, um, all this gender neutrality. And where do you see that this has become really popular culture now is what it seems like does it seem like that to you yes that's, it's, everything's flooded with it yeah and the idea in the bible has been taken and the truth has been taking taken away from it mm -hmm. so they're not getting the truth so our true identity comes from the word yeah. and from god and then we no longer have that in society mm -hmm. as much as it used to be yeah and i believe that's a big huge factor and i believe going back to the basics is mm -hmm. going to help a lot. Yeah. Well, and in the getting word, back to those basics. Yeah, and because the word—I mean, the word lays it out. It's the Bible says in the beginning God created created man and He created woman, and that is a very. Daniel just said this in the last show. That's a very. Some of the things that are in the word are just so simple, and when you get away from the word, it complicates everything. And yes. like I said in the beginning, the devil is the author of confusion, and so what he wants to do with these kids with any of us he doesn't want the devil doesn't want us to know who we are because God knew who we were we, he said, the Bible says that um, he named us before he knew our name before the foundation of the whole entire world and he knit us together in our mother's womb so our identity is found in Jesus and the only way to get unconfused is really to to know him and to know his word that's right 
I feel like, you know, in our society, uh, there's been a very consorted agenda that's taken place over the last, you know, few decades. Amber and I saw a little bit of that in Israel through different experiences that we had, but because we were separated from the United States, we weren't aware always of, of where things were at here, and we're just now coming to, the, to that realization, uh, you know, being back and dealing with teenagers at home and, and different things. But um, we had a friend over in Israel that had a young child that was in school there, and uh, around the time that we became aware that there were agendas being pushed in the school system and different things, um, he came home one day and told us a story, a couple different stories about his son's class. Uh, he had taken his son, who was five years old, to school one day, and then he got a call from the principal a few hours later saying that his son was throwing a huge fit and he needed to come to school and pick his son up. And uh, when he got to the school, uh, the principal explained that they had been told in class that one of the other kids had two mommies, and because that didn't you know, resonate with what he had been taught at home and what his truth was, he threw a huge fit, fell down on the floor, threw you know, a huge temper tantrum to the point that they had to call his parents uh, to come to school and you know, explain uh, that we have to be understanding of you know, other people's lives and, and different things. But um, sometimes with things that kids are being taught in school these days, it creates a confusion because there are so many different options of what to believe concerning identity. And that's what it really goes back to is, is identity. If we don't have some kind of a foundation in our identity, whether it's as simple as male or female, then, um, you know, we don't have anything to stand on. And um, I like to th I thought about it this morning uh, in relation to, like, choices with food. Like, mm -hmm. when we moved over to Israel, our choices with food were a whole lot more limited. Yeah. But you know what <laughs> happened? We became a whole lot healthier because there wasn't a fast food restaurant on every corner. So sometimes more choices or presenting more choices isn't the healthiest thing for us. And when you think about it in those terms, when we take something that's simple and we overcomplicate it, it ends up not being the best thing for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was another situation with the same father, and he's a youth minister in Israel, by the way, so uh, he likes to poke at people. That's one of his things, like uh, when he hears something or hears a kid say something that he doesn't necessarily agree with, instead of confronting them directly, he'll say something to provoke a conversation with them and uh, try to understand where they're at and what they're feeling, which I think all of us as parents do sometimes. And uh, if you are a parent, you realize you have to do that with your kids. You have to relate to them and come to some understanding of, you know, where they're at. But um, he ran into two of his kids' school schoolmates, again, five years old, and uh, they were holding hands walking down the sidewalk one day, and he walked up, it was two boys, and I uh, asked, oh, you guys are holding hands, and they go, yeah, we're going to get married one day. And he said, oh, you're going to get married one day? And they said, yeah. And he said, well, how are you going to have kids? And one of these five-year-olds looked at him and said, oh, a surrogate will help us with that. And so he became aware of some of the things that, you know, these kids are being taught in school. And uh, when we lived in Beersheba, also some of the other parents said that uh, same-sex couples had been invited into the school system to uh, talk to the kids and present that as a natural option, you know, as this is just another way to, to choose. So there are so many things that are, our society is really being inundated with through media, uh, even on TV. We had mm -hmm. Disney recently made a statement that they're going to start including a lot of propaganda and different things in uh, their media that's targeted at kids. So, um, you know, once again, the Bible's clear about that as far as an option and as far as the truth. And it's also clear about anyone who would purposely deceive young children. There, yeah. there are scriptures that talk about that. I want to tell it just because I, I want people to, I think you're making this point really clear, that this is not.
not just a problem in America because it was in Israel. I mean, it would shock people because you know it's you think it's it's Israel, it's it's God's country, but this agenda is being pushed there too. Lily, we didn't even find this out until after we were back in America for like nine months that they had a transgender day at their school. I didn't know because it's all in Hebrew, <laughs> so we probably would have skipped that day. But she said that the they encouraged them to dress up um, as um, the girls to dress up like a boy and the boys to dress up like a girl. And she just, I don't know why she didn't tell us because we were like, you didn't like going to that school. That was, that would have been a really good way to get out of it. <laughs> we would have pulled you right out. But she said, I just didn't participate, you know, but, but we didn't know anything about it. And um, so it's just, I want people to know this is not an American problem. This is, there is a worldwide agenda to cause this confusion. Yes. And so I want to ask you, what would you want to say to kids and teenagers who are being, um, who are being confused, who, I mean, sometimes I feel like, you know, in sixth grade, I remember the boys were so mean Mm -hmm. to the girls and I got made fun of a lot in sixth grade. And um, back then, though, we weren't hearing about all of these kinds of things, like, you know, that, like lesbian, all, gay, LGBTQ, any of that. We weren't hearing that, so I just knew the boys were mean. And but I wonder, had I heard all that, would I have gotten confused like that and thought, okay, since the boys are mean, maybe it's easier for me to go be with a girl? You know, I don't know if that would have um, happened because we didn't have that flooded in our society at that time. So, what would you want to say to? these kids who were really, really, it's becoming the norm and what they're, they're hearing. I would say if they're confused with their identity, to seek the word mm-hmm. and find the truth on who they truly are. Um, my house mom in Florida, when I was in a women's ministry house, she had told me something that we're created in his image mm-hmm. and male and female alike. Mm-hmm. So we have to find that balance yeah. in who we are. And there's some men that are more feminine than others, some mm-hmm. women that are more masculine. Mm-hmm. So it's finding that balance in who we truly are and mm-hmm. in, in Jesus and being comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now I think sometimes if a girl, like, you know, so many girls grew up as like tomboys, but it didn't mean they were lesbians. Right. They were, they were just not as girly as Maybe me, I was always very girly. I was definitely a tomboy. <laughs> <laughs> but my mom would always say she was a tomboy. But it never, it didn't mean she was a lesbian. And so I think that's something that's happening too, is that kids are going to school and the other kids maybe are saying, oh, well, you know, you're not as dressed up like the other girls, so you might be a lesbian. So they're confusing them. Um, just, just their peers are confusing them. Yes, and I see yeah, that a lot, a lot more these yeah. days. Like, yeah, the way you dress, the way your hair is cut, the way, yeah, you handle yourself. It's either, yeah, you're, oh, you're gay, you're just gay. Yeah. Or you, yeah, you should, you're, you're transgender, you're not, but wasn't meant to be a woman, or you yeah. weren't meant to be a man. Yeah. And when you so see I definitely that, what do you perceive with that. that with kids today? Do you feel like that's become, part of that has become a pop culture thing where they're trying to fit into a certain crowd, yes. so they dress and say something specific uh, to be a part of that crowd? Or do you think it's a legitimate uh, attraction uh, that's, that's growing, more, that there are more and more people that... Today, I think it's that. more society and the media and everything we have, like cartoons, Nickelodeon, Disney. Mm-hmm. It's it's everywhere. Yeah. And it's accepted. Just We were just in Florida and just seeing the rainbow everywhere because mm-hmm. yeah. it's about to be June, which is Pride Month. Oh, okay. And um, the Lord actually showed me that. They're missing one of the colors in the rainbow. It's not a full rainbow. Yeah. So that was like a prophetic symbol that there's something missing in that community. What color is missing? Indigo. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. And 
yeah, so that, that they're they're missing that. They're missing the Lord. So if they had that, then mm-hmm. we wouldn't have this issue. Yeah. Wow. One time um, when I was I was leading um, like uh, worship meetings in the middle of my camps, campus at Texas Women's University, um, we had I had Glory of Zion. Um, I asked them to bring the flags, and so I think it was Diana Lukenbach who brought some of the rainbow flags. And so we were having worship, and we had the fl- these flags out and these rainbow flags, and um, couples. I didn't. I was so naive that I didn't realize they were couples but you know some of the girls started coming out together and putting on a blanket and um, then we started we noticed people were leaving (laughs) we had confused them they thought it was a like a pride event Mm. instead of a worship meeting but at the same time while I was there I led so many lesbians to the Lord and but I didn't even realize that they were because I was just I was pretty naive about that um, and that's a school. I mean, it's a women's school, so it does attract. It, it's attracting a lot of, um, a lot of that. But also, it was attracting a lot of um, young men who were also having identity issues. And so that this is where you know Denton is a is a place that we have we see a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. So Josie, I want to hear the rest of your testimony that you were sharing with me earlier. Uh, you walked us through how you had gone to church and ended up uh, leaving with your family and gone down another road and uh, ended up with the same-sex attraction and yes. uh, drugs and different things that you got into. Uh, so what did uh, that result in your life? What was the result of that in your life uh, as you went through that? And how far down that road did you get? Chaos and destruction. Chaos and destruction. <laughs> was where it was leading me. Well, yeah. Because my 20s, my 20s are a blur, um, the partying, the LGBT lifestyle. I did drag shows. Mm-hmm. So I was in, tra- in drag shows. Oh, okay. So I dressed up as a man and yeah. performed. Um, you know, it was just opposite of drag queen, drag king. Yeah. So I did that. I was full-blown in that lifestyle. I was on an all-women's lesbian softball league, went to the Pride Festivals, carried the Pride flag, mm-hmm. um, and then actually ended up as marrying a woman. And we have a nine-year-old son together. Mm-hmm. And so I was, yeah, married to a woman. We got married on Halloween of 2013, mm-hmm. which I look back now and it was all the enemy, mm-hmm. how he played that out. Um, and then we separated and we were sober together. Well, and for the first, yeah, it was four years and we had separated and I had reached out to who I called my spiritual brother and who used to be my dealer, which is crazy, wow. knowing he was sober because I didn't want to go back to that. And he's the one that actually led me back to Christ and the church. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2016. And him and his daughters in 2017 were murdered due to domestic violence. Wow. And them, my ex and I had separated, so I wanted to numb. I didn't want to feel anything. Mm-hmm. So I ended up relapsing and going back then slowly lost everything. Again, even my relationship with my son, mm-hmm. it was almost a year. And then I was in Florida, um, and I heard the Lord tell me to f- finalize the divorce. So I flew back in March of 2019, finalized our divorce, and got to see him for the first time in over a year and spend time with him. And then I went back to Florida, and I was working at a resort, and then went back for Mother's Day to Minnesota and to be with Mateo and ended up staying because I was, had the hopes of being back in his life. Mm-hmm. And my clutch went out of my car, so that let ended up being stranded um, on the east side of St. Paul, living in my car. Ended up finally getting that fixed, and that was 
or no, I ended up selling that car and getting a new car. And it was September 3rd and I paid $300 for it and it was an Eagle Summit wagon. So I knew it was all gone mm. right there. And I was uh, still using and high and crying out to the Lord, trying to figure out how, where I was gonna go, what I was gonna do, because I wanted more of his goodness, more of his greatness. And how, to, how I was, I mean, some of my writings actually that I was just rereading. It's while I was crying out to him, asking, how do I stay away long enough mm -hmm. to get more of that goodness, more of that mercy, more of that love? Um, and then my car ended up breaking down. It left me stranded in November, five degrees outside, and had no cell phone service. I could catch Wi-Fi in the, mm -hmm. in the little building. And my sister finally came and picked me up. And I was so hungry for change, I just I cut everybody off in my life that wasn't on the same level as me and moved to Florida. And I only had 30 days to stay with my mom and was invited to a women's ministry house. And I totally didn't want to do it, but stepped out in faith. And it was the best six months ever. And then I was invited here to Glory of Zion for Passover. And it got canceled due to COVID, but I still came. And one of the first nights I was here, I had a dream and there's these cards and it looked like something was written in Hebrew. Wow. And they flipped over and it said, go to Texas Joe's. So I was like, are you telling me or are you asking me? So once again, I stepped out in faith and in June 14th of 2020, I moved to Texas and got a job at Glory of Zion here. And I've been living the dream since. Yeah. And then last wow. April, I was struggling with why, why I was here and why the Lord called me away from everybody and everything. And I went to one of the pastors and she asked me if I had a vision and I said, yes. And she asked me if I had it written down. I said, no. She's like, well, I want you to write it down. So I did, and ever since then, it, everything's been, I've been skyrocketing, doing outreaches. and. I know Robert and Linda Heidler, Linda's in the studio with us today, um, but I know they've been really instrumental in your life. Yes. And, and I think just being open to helping you go through this process. Yes, and very I do want to say in this ministry, there's a lot of grace here for, for people who are going through this issue We've even, we even have couples, we've had people that have had full gender transformations and they are here. We're helping people work through things like that. We have pastors who are helping people work through those issues. So there is grace. There, nobody's too far gone. Nobody is ever too far gone for God to change you, to heal you. He's our healer. He's our deliverer. You know, one time I, um, I heard a, a minister get up on stage, and, you know, they wanted to give testimony to the fact that they were man and a woman married, but they, they had uh, decided it was okay that the, the male was, um, they just accepted that he was gay. And he stood up on the stage, and he said, God does not want to change you. He likes you just the way you are. Well, he does want to change you, but he does love you just the way you are. Mm -hmm. But he still wants to change all of us, no matter what you're dealing with. If it's something extreme, God wants to change me. I have, I have some issues. <laughs> God wants to change me. God wants to change Daniel. We're yeah. never done being conformed into the image of Christ until we go into glory and we, we're, up in, we're up in heaven and eternity with all of him. We're all, we all are changing, have to be changing. 
And so, yeah, I think that's a very important distinction to make. And a lot of times in the believing world, we need to be reminded of that, that uh, there are people, there are human beings, and then there's sin, and they're not one and the same. And we have to separate uh, sin from people. And God's always called us to love people, whatever they have going on in their life. And uh, none of us don't have some kind of sin that we could deal with, uh, whether it's something simple or complicated or, uh, you know, how far we've gotten down that road in our sin. And that's really the question. And like Amber said earlier, there's always a way back. It doesn't matter how far you've gone down that road. Um, if you let the Lord do that in your heart and do that in your life, He can bring you back. Would you take about three or four minutes to tell us about the ministry that the Lord had you start? Well, that was actually pl placed on my heart six years ago and while I was still in Minnesota. Um, we did a worship on the river and then it fizzled away because I ended up relapsing. Um, but then that's why I went and talked to the, one of the pastors here about my vision, and that was my vision, Freedom Crew, the ones who stand in the gap. And I was doing outreaches with other groups and, and locally and out of state, and then I just felt called to do something in this area, Denton, Corinth area. Mm. And so I started Freedom Crew, the ones who stand in the gap, and doing homeless outreach and helping those in need and bridging, bridging that gap, giving them resources, basic need items just going out and loving on them, mingling with them, getting their stories, building trust, and giving them prayer if they want prayer. Josie, what would you say to people who want to show the Lord's love to someone who's in the LGBT community or who's struggling with uh, some of the things that we've talked about today? Just showing them the, the Lord's love. Let the Lord's love flow through them, and just it's all about the love. Keep them in prayer. Um, don't be judgmental uh, or have that religious spirit because um, it's not our job to change anybody. It's mm -hmm. the Lord's job. Mm -hmm. We're just right. supposed to share His love and the good news. That's right. And what would you say to the parents? I mean, because I know a lot of kids are going to their parents now and saying, I'm pansexual. What would you say to those parents and to those kids? Get them into the Word, the truth. Yeah. Speak into their identities, their true identities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a lot of... I think parents, because they're getting so um, bombarded with everything that's going on, we forget how much power we have with our voice to speak into our kids. So to even, no matter how old your kids are, we still tell them who they are, and we tell them who God says they are. And so, yeah, I think that's a really important reminder for parents. During that time in your life that you spoke about where you were lost, and you said you, you almost lost those years, it was almost uh, like you don't remember some of it, uh, if someone had been there and really had the opportunity to speak into your life, what do you think that they could have said to you or would have said to you that um, would have drawn you back? I don't think there's anything anybody could have said to me at that time in my mm -hmm. life because I know I had many praying for me for many years. So I was just uh, all in his timing and me being willing and ready to fully surrender everything so it was more of a timing issue that, I believe uh, so. you just had to reach that time in the in your life and the lord had to bring you to that point where you were ready to accept his love yes Josie, one of the things that I really wanted to ask you was, what was your perception during that period of time that uh, you spoke about where you did go to the church? Um, did you feel loved in the way that you feel like the lord would have loved you or was there issues where you felt rejected or as I got older, yes, um, tried going back to the church and seeking the Lord and feeling that rejection or judgment just by the way I looked. My hair was short. Uh, I don't dress like a girly girl. Um, so just, and feeling that and getting that and be actually being asked to leave the church 
because of the certain issues and if I didn't change this or change that that I wasn't going to be loved so that kind of that pushed me away from the church so you feel like during that time had you experienced more of an acceptance from the church and the people that were speaking into your life that it would have made a difference in uh, the path that you chose and uh, your relationship with the Lord well when I was younger I mean I didn't feel rejected or I felt loved I was very accepted when I was nine and I was I was everywhere in the children's church mm-hmm. playing with the children I was greeting um, so it was really after you, your experience with the LGBT community and yes. um, going down that path with same-sex attraction and uh, that lifestyle that you began to feel that rejection or that pushback from the believing community? Yes, because I actually started going back to church. Uh, it was after my spiritual brother had led me back to the Lord and to the church. Um, and then we were going for a while, and then after a while, that's when it's, yeah, if you don't do this or you don't do that. I was even told that animals know which way to go mm-hmm. at one point, and that so you felt like, like people belittled, oh, belittled you. you. Yes, they, even animals know which way to go. Yeah. So not somebody that's supposed to be spirit-filled mm-hmm. and have the love of the Lord. So it's just, yeah, except I've, yeah, the rejection and the, uh, I, I, not abandonment, but rejection and judgment. Well, being asked to leave a church is a pretty big deal. Believe it or not, Daniel and I got asked to leave a church in Israel. There was a translator translating into English, so we sat next to her. But the pastor actually came to us and told us that because we weren't fluent Hebrew speakers that we needed to leave. Mm. We had been invited to this church by some good friends who were Hebrew speakers, and they said, oh, come and worship with us and see our church and uh, consider you know coming with us. And we, we got there, and the pastor asked us to leave. <laughs> we do have some understanding of what that's Just like. You know, I feel like we miss so many opportunities with people like uh, you just described where you went back into the church and you'd been through a hard time in your life where uh, there was some confusion there and and you went down a different path. But instead of rejecting you or pointing out those things, uh, what some of the leaders who were speaking into your life could have done is uh, portray the love of the Lord and and say exactly what we said earlier, that um, the Lord loves people. He doesn't love everything Mm -hmm. that we do. He doesn't love the confusion that the enemy sows into our lives. But uh, when we belittle people or we talk down to them or uh, we make them feel like they're not welcome, uh, that doesn't provide them that opportunity that they need for the Lord to speak into their lives. And like you said already, uh, it's really a matter of the Lord speaking into somebody's life. There's nothing we can do as a human being to change somebody. And that's one thing I've learned throughout my life. Even when I was in law enforcement and as a parent and different things, you really can't force somebody to do much of anything unless you're willing to kill them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So instead, you have to let the Lord speak into their life. And when they come to the point of making that decision, that's what makes the change. And they have to experience his love for that to happen. I agree. Love is key. You know, we're all a work in progress, and all of us need the Holy Spirit to change us, all of us. Not There's not one of us on planet Earth that doesn't need the Holy Spirit to change us. And um, I'm thankful that we are in a ministry that if you're, if you're feeling like you want to know the God who created you and who created the Earth— and who, if you have answers, if you're looking for answers, I want you to know this is a good a place, a safe place to come and just to get to know God. And if there's anything you're dealing with in your life where you're struggling over who he created you to be, that this is a safe place to come to just work. You know, we get to know him when we worship him. We were all created to worship God. And so when we worship him, um, we, we begin to see who cre- he created us to be. And so I just 
I'm thankful that this is a ministry, Glory of Zion Ministries, is a, is a safe place for anybody to come. I want to encourage people to um, give into Josie's ministry, Freedom Crew, and so there will be a, a link for you to do that. We've just loved having you on the show, and uh, your testimony is so encouraging to us to hear that because uh, there's hope for this generation, for all of the, the uh, confusions and different things that the enemy has done uh, to try and lead people astray in whatever direction they've gone. There are many of them now. There are more choices than there used to be, but whatever direction Definitely. they've gone and however far they've gotten down that road, uh, the Lord has a way for them to get back. Would you just pray for the viewers before we close out? I'd be honored, and thank you for having me. Um, Lord Jesus, I just ask that you bring true identity back to your cities and your nations um, and show your love. Let people rise up with your true love, your agape love. In the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Welcome.